Dave Williams presents Conversations.Buzz. Once upon a time, little eight-year-old Tommy Langmeyer visited the studios of WBEN, AM, FM, and TV in his hometown of Buffalo, New York. And he loved it and said, this is what I want to do. And you were, and he was doing it before he even got out of high school, right there in the same station. Is that right? Right, yeah. In those stations, actually. As a kid, um, I, I fell in love with it uh, in a couple of ways. I mean, one of them uh, was listening to, I think, like a lot of people in radio did, when you could pick up the, uh, you know, the AM Clear Channel uh, stations, uh, the 50,000-watt AM stations, I should say, across the country, and, and you could hear um, broadcasts from anywhere. And I think one of the neatest things uh, was to – was kind of – on the news and talk stations and also the music stations between the songs. Not that I didn't like the songs, but I, I love to hear what was going on in different cities and what it might be like to live there. Always kind of imagining those kinds of things. And then, you know, feeling my inspiration for travel and uh, seeing communities and local uh, communities, which has really stayed with me through life. And uh, that has to do a great deal with, uh, with radio and broadcasting and the magic that, uh, that comes out of the speakers. Yeah. What was your first job like? What did you do it as a high schooler? <clears throat> as a high schooler, um, it was mostly production kinds of things. WBEN uh, had an AM and FM TV station. Um, it was and is, uh, um, you know, certainly a, a very big and, and, and dominant news and talk station in Buffalo. And um, when I started working there, the uh, the program director at the time, Bob Wood, um, kind of took to me and said, hey, that guy really seems to be really into this. And ended up hiring me to do uh, production in the station, and um, I did uh, all kinds of those those types of things and board operating during. When you, when uh, you say production, event. you mean like dubbing commercial tapes, production. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, commercial commercial production, uh, mostly you know sort of light things. They had a terrific uh, production director, and he also taught me a lot. And uh, and then eventually they had a need for somebody to work on the overnights. Uh, to uh, to help out with things and also to, uh, you know, kind of babysit the FM, which was automated at that time. So I was the guy and I and I did that on weekends. And then they let me go on the air on WBEN AM um, where I learned how to do things and, and uh, was received some terrific coaching uh, from Bob. Here's a guy who's a full time uh, program director at WBEN and, and a terrific guy who took the time to take a, to teach a high school kid and, and say, Hey, you know, you really don't have to talk that way. Just use your normal voice <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And, um, and, and allowed me to do that. So I had really good mentors along the way, you know, not only there, but uh, after when I went on to college in Pennsylvania and then returning to Buffalo, there were just terrific people. Yeah. I was been really lucky um, through a career of working with people that even in cases where I didn't necessarily understand um, what they might have been trying to to teach me, or there was uh, a style point that I didn't, I mistook, right? I didn't, I didn't get it until I got it. And sometimes I wouldn't get it till later, but I can't tell you that there's anyone that I ever worked for that I didn't, uh, that I didn't learn valuable things from. So I'm really grateful to, to everyone all the way up until, uh, you know, the, the recent years. It's been uh, been wonderful. 
You know, I was I was looking at it. I didn't want to. I don't want to take a lot of your time talking about your background. I just think it's kind of interesting and, as I said, important <clears throat> people to realize uh, where you're coming from. Uh, your your resume reads like a Horatio Alger novel of, of leadership and inspiration and and uh, and brains and so forth. And I'm wondering. This is a sincere question now. After after all the places you've been. With uh, and all the jobs you've had, and you just you, it seems that you jumped, took great jumps career-wise in terms of the types of jobs you had, the markets you served, and uh, uh, the the honors that you've gotten and everything. That, did it ever occur to you at any point? And this is a sincere question. I just don't know how you will answer it. Mm-hmm. That 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 you're smarter than most of the people you work with, and that great ideas come to you naturally, and they come to you a little bit quicker. That's an interesting question, but I've, I've never, um, you know, really thought that way. I think if anything, um, I've, uh, you know, thought the other way that it's something, maybe I have something to prove. Um, I think in, in many cases, uh, there were people who, as I, as I did things that, that were, that were better at them than I was very oh, much sure. so. So, uh, it would be somebody, uh, who, taught me, uh, whether it was in news or it was in programming, or it was music, uh, any of those kinds of things. I think that it, uh, you know, that that really helped a lot. And then I ended up being around some very creative, smart people who actually pulled that out of me. So, you know, you all of a sudden you open this, you have this tactical side, right? You have this uh, way of doing things, you know, doing things the right way. But then you have this other part of it. It's like doing the right thing. And, and, and that usually involves, um, maybe more problem solving and creativity and passion. So, um, you know, if I were to say what I value the most and I value the most in, in people is their sense of adventure, particularly if we're in broadcasting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're supposed to be the ones that are not asking the, um, you know, the listener. Or, uh, you know, somebody that's a fan, we're, we're the ones that are supposed to lead them, right? Yeah. So I've always felt like, uh, you know, I read all the time and I learn about different things and, and probably, uh, you know, there are certain facts and figures about things for some reason that stick in my mind. I don't know why, but it helps to connect and it helps to connect in our business, which is, uh, fundamentally a local business so that if you can talk to people about, you know, things that interest them and you know a little bit about a lot of things um, and you're you're interested that way. And like I say, adventurous, inquisitive um, and, and and genuinely so you really do want to know um, that helps you a lot. And I think it, it covers up for, you know, the things that maybe you don't have. <laughs> and there's a few a lot of things that I don't. Well, I what I hear you saying is that, uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll all agree that you're uh, you're very, very bright, but you uh, you've done it. Primarily, probably with passion and hard work and uh, positive outlook, and mm-hmm. I'm finding that that's a that is a real common thing among the people that I've been talking with in this series that I call Radio Masters. Um, the the top of the the top of the food chain in this industry, and I suspect it's true in in most businesses, <laughs> is uh, is uh, populated with people who who love what they're doing and uh, and uh, have have worked very very hard at doing it as well as they can, and doing it doing it properly with other people too. So, uh, yeah, I think it's I think a lot of it is um, you have to kind of look at yourself and say, well, what do I do in my spare time? What is how do I live life, and then how do I express it to other people? 
Um, And uh, a lot of times, because radio has become in some ways uh, more tactical than I think it should be, uh, that uh, we are populated with people who have terrific tactical skills. And but what what we what we need more of is is people who have, um, you know, they're both left and right brain and uh, creative and uh, have a vision for things and how they operate uh, is uh, is not to, I don't want to say not important, but is secondary to the overall vision and the overall goal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's one of the areas a lot of it owed to the fact that um, we've become. Um, smaller in many ways based on technology and based on hedge funds or whatever, for whatever reason. And so that has um, maybe uh, attracted people that are more uh, in tune with keeping the trains on the track and keeping the, uh, you know, trains running on time, maybe than necessarily thinking about those great destinations you can go and, you know, the bigness and uh, of it all and, and what you can make of it. Yeah. So it's good to have both. Yeah, you know what uh, What occurred to me some years ago, and that, that was, uh, and I can't even tell you where I was at the time, probably in L.A., and uh, I found that uh, un- unlike when I started out in radio, and I expect by saying for you, um, people weren't sitting around talking about the craft anymore, you know, in their mm-hmm. own spare time or in the lunchroom or where have It's like, you know, the the, the enthusiasm didn't, didn't uh, move much beyond a person's desk or studio mm-hmm. and that, uh, you know, the whole, the whole concept of being, uh, you know, really excited about what we're all doing and, and learning from each other just kind of went away. And I, and people become more processors than, yes. than mm-hmm. creators. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm sorry. What I was going to say, you're, you're absolutely wrong target. That's a huge issue. Uh, in our in our business, so um, if we can bolster both sides, recognize that is an issue. I think yeah. that uh, leaders can emerge to to do great things with great um, legendary brands uh, that can be that can be experienced on multiple platforms. But you have to have that vision, and you have to say, "What is it here? We are here. To, what is it we are here to do?" As opposed to, "Well, I've got to work uh, at five o'clock today because uh, I need to um, load all these, uh, you know, all this sound into a into a, uh, a computer automation system, that type of thing." But that's a lot of what what it, what it amounts to is managing. Managing processes, managing detail, which are certainly all important, but, uh, you know, you have to be, it has to, you know, sort of fall under a vision, doesn't it? I, yeah. That's what I believe. And it's, uh, we, we kind of know what, what our job is. And our vision is to, uh, provide real connection, emotional connection with, uh, with people and, and radio is, uh, you know, we see in our company, it's fundamentally a local business, but we don't really have a lot of that right now. Yeah. Well, now, now you're bringing us to what you're doing now at uh, Great Lakes Media. And uh, I'll tell you, for, for a number of years, I've been one of those, you know, during the commercial break going, Oh, you know, this, uh, this business is going down the tubes. It's just not what it used to be. And I'm grateful for having been there when it was fun and exciting. And I was young, but it looks like my career is going to end about the same time the industry does. And then I started talking with other people in this podcast uh, series and i uh, started going well now wait a minute you know maybe this is not true and i got some uh inclination from people like greg tantum who i exchanged notes with just this morning he said to say hello to you oh great guy 
and okay. uh, and uh, and and a couple of others. Uh, Tyler Cox talked with him. Tyler, and- yeah. And they both started me thinking again. You know what? The future of radio may be in the past. And by that, I mean small markets and total uh, total cooperation with the community and working in favor of the community. And uh, and that's kind of what you're doing, as I see it, with Great Lakes Media, right? Yeah. One of the, you know, we're, we're you know, kind of this, uh, you know, two-legged company in the sense that, um, you know, while we... Um, you know, while we identify and work on the acquisition uh, side, we are also uh, we also do, um, you know, uh, quite a bit of advisory work uh, with uh, with stations and groups. And actually, some of those are not as much in in the uh, in the larger markets and the bigger markets where <clears throat> there's really not much to do with them because there's you know, they've already kind of you uh, Walmartized things uh, to the degree that there isn't much you can do with it, uh, unfortunately. But uh, and and with companies who are are unfortunately under that uh, the stress that uh, that comes from heavy debt. So, but uh, what we uh, really uh, have done, and and a lot of it to, to show that the model can work, is to go go into a place and work uh, with broadcasters on a local level, for example, in medium markets. And say, all right, well, in what ways can we be local? In what ways can we connect with the community and do it and come up with a, a program and a plan to do that, train people to do it? Um, I tend to be very hands-on in each of these situations because it's sometimes it's easy to say, but hard to, to, to you know, to take in or do unless you have a, a really good roadmap, but you also have to have people who, uh, you know, really understand that and they have the, you know the the the, cur- the the curiosity and the adventure you know adventure adventurous spirit and are interested in people places and things and usually those are the people that are the best and oftentimes or most times i would say they can be taught the you know the, the tactical things of uh, uh editing or running a board or or operating a, a camera and doing uh video when editing and that demands Oh my gosh, the technology is excellent. It is just wonderful. And, um, but you have to have, um, those are, those, those are tools. Those are like a, you know, somebody that's an artist that has, uh, you know, a good set of paints, but actually has a vision as to what to paint, as opposed to, I've got to paint this wall back here. Totally different, uh, mindset. And we need to attract more of those people by giving them opportunities to do just that. You know, you're in such a unique position to, uh, to, to take that vision forward. And I say that because, of course, uh, you know, for about a decade, you mm-hmm. ran what was, in my, in my opinion, in this business, the greatest small market radio station in a major city, WGN in Chicago. I've not, never really understood why there aren't more stations that uh, pattern themselves after WGN, not in terms of format, as in terms of attitude and embracing the city all the way down to small neighborhoods, getting mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. of the, of the studio and, and being with people and then talking about whatever's going on in the city or in the, in the community at that time. If it's the Cubs today, that's what you're talking. That's what everybody's talking about. What's the A topic for today? 
if and it's where, where, where do we layer in these where do we layer in these b and c topics that that touch everybody yeah. um and that actually sounds fairly tactical you know as i as i describe it that way but wgn was a terrific uh, radio station and, and certainly very much so well before i got there so my job was a, a little bit to, to, to handle it through a, a period of transition um and uh reestablish uh, some things that uh you know, that weren't maybe being done as much as they could be. But it always was blessed with really good program directors. There were people, um, you know, that were there in those positions and also very good general managers. I was the general manager there. and We had I had uh, really terrific uh, predecessors who who all <clears throat> brought really good things to the station because they all got it. And I think uh, with WGN, it was really a matter of, uh, you know, pushing in ways that might sound counterintuitive. In other words, we did a, a series, which I did uh, with KMOX in St. Louis and, and later at other places and, and certainly with other stations that were um, in that same company. But uh, we did a, the Hometown Voices Tour with uh, WGN as the voice of Chicago, uh, as it was known when I was there. And uh, it was really a matter of broadcasting from small communities and really connecting with people in, in a way that, you know, people, and I think even within the station, thought, wow, that's, we have to go do a Lamode and Joliet. Are you serious? This is really hokey. <laughs> right? But it wasn't. Uh, but everybody loves that. Even the people who are nowhere near Joliet are listening and saying, that's very cool. Right, exactly. And hopefully they'll come to my town someday. Yeah. And we would have the high school marching band from, from these communities around Chicago, all through Chicagoland. They and up into Wisconsin as well. We would do uh, these broadcasts, whether it was afternoons or uh, with Spike O'Dell in the morning. And um, to see them embrace this um, was was so gratifying um because they got the love yeah they got the love that they wouldn't get on Michigan Avenue from the people that listen to them every single day and for many of them the the listeners really viewed them as 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 really good friends because they were natural and they were good and the difference with WGN and I found out you know sort of over the years and and probably more so later on is there were a lot of people that didn't in the industry you know, that were around it and, and around the industry that truly didn't understand it because um, the topics might not have been, okay, what is the topic that we're going to kick around today and get all crazy about right. um, and create a show, right? And we're going to have characters on this show and they're going to do this character type thing. And that really works well on some stations. But WGN was known uh, for authenticity and human connection. And yeah, there was a certain amount of, uh, you know, that what, what some might consider prattle, <laughs> I guess, on the station. And, and, and frankly, uh, coming from uh, uh, from KMOX, I, I had to get my arms wrapped around it before I even really touched anything because I wanted to understand it before, you know, messing around with it. And unfortunately, over, you know, years, that's what happens with radio stations. Somebody comes in and they've had success doing something else. And they don't take the time to understand it. They just know that, um, well, if we had bumper music or we have a big, mean voice, that's going to bring listeners in. You know, there's more to it and, and there's more to the essence of relationships. And, and a lot of times people, uh, you know, don't approach it uh, from right. that. They approach it from the, uh, you know, the the actual 
presentation sound that needs to be a certain way. Yeah, I've and, I've seen uh, I've seen people yeah, manipulate yeah. stations by yeah. by deciding what uh, you know what works elsewhere and mm-hmm. uh, what what yeah, sounds yeah. great, what yeah. sounds cool, smooth, and pro- and professional. Yeah, and they haven't taken into consideration the 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 uh, uh, the audience, right? The right, audience right. comfort level right. with the station and mm-hmm. and and the and the locality yeah. of it all. Yeah, I mean, nobody, you know, a, a listener said, gee, I really don't like it because uh, WGN, because they don't come out of a stop set with, you know, jamming guitars as a, as a, as a, as a uh, means to get into the back into the talk show said no one ever. Right. So you had to, you know, you had to really um, understand the essence of the station. And I don't think, uh, you know, that that's an easy thing to do for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it was a very successful uh, station during those years. And uh, even during the um, recession, um, had revenue, record revenue for uh, the Chicago market and for um, uh, for WGN. And that was during the recession. Why was that? Well, I think it had a lot to do with a great sales team that also were broadcasters. They were people that understood and loved the radio station. And uh, from the outside, it, uh, you know, it, it uh, the sausage making may, may have uh, been uh, confounding to some, but uh, I always thought that it was uh, was a, was a terrific place and um, had great success. And uh, there are a lot of elements, but, you know, I should say uh, that that we want to be the biggest small town station in America. Yeah. We'd say that all the time. And uh, as people it got that, true. it was yeah, true. But, and, and I think part I'm sorry. I think part of that is because it was locally owned. You say what you want about the Tribune Corporation being a huge corporation, and that it it was, that it is. But mm-hmm. when the Tribune company owned uh, WGN, world's greatest newspaper, um, it 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 made everything localized, and I mm-hmm. think that was probably a big key to it. That's an interesting part of that is there were a lot of people on the air on that radio station that connected uh, with the listeners very well who weren't from Chicago. Interestingly enough, you had, uh, you know, Wally Phillips, who was not from Chicago. Bob Collins wasn't from Chicago. Spike O'Dell wasn't from Chicago. Um, I don't believe Judy Markey was originally from Chicago. Uh, Steve Cochran wasn't from Chicago. Uh, I mean, I may even think um, like Mitch, uh, Milt Rosenberg and all kinds of people, they weren't from there, but they became Chicago yeah. because all of them were really hyper interested in the place and, uh, and, and communicating and making friends. And and uh, that was the, the critical piece. They weren't there just to execute a show. And I think one of the hardest things uh, with WGN is when you would be looking for talent, there would be talent that would sort of get that right. They would kind of go, wow, that's really kind of neat to get to talk about sort of just general things in life and connect. But what would often happen would be you'd have to kind of coach them out of the wonder of me. It's it's not really a show about yourself. It's really a show uh, about observations and how do you direct those, um, you know, back to people without, uh, you know, using the uh, first person pronoun uh, for an hour. So that was always an interesting uh, thing because you could get people that would have that sound, yeah. but it was what they were saying that you really needed the coaching on. And when they got that, you know, we had a wonderful team there. Speaking of Spike O'Dell, I'm going to give you a little, uh, this is a little plug for my show here. Um, I, I did a, a wonderful <laughs> conversation with him and uh, it's in this series, this radio yeah. master series. 
And uh, you ought to give it a listen because there's some, got some yep. wonderful, some great air checks of him, uh, in the morning at WGN and, um, the station that he came from before that. I don't remember, but, uh, boy, what a great guy. We became friends just from having that conversation. He's a terrific person. And what makes him a great broadcaster is, and did while he was on the air, and he's still very active, whether it's in social media and being interested in all the things he is, which, yeah. you know, always has made me pals with him and, and really uh, respect him and like him a whole lot, is that he, um, again, was one of those people who was not only adventurous, but he was also authentic. Yeah. What you hear on the radio yeah. is the same thing that you're going to get when you when you pull the uh, the curtains back. It's the same guy. Right. And, and really, with a lot of us, um, that's not really the case. And, and we all actually tend to, in based on situations, certainly adjust. And there weren't things that you needed to really, you know, shave off of Spike when he was put in to uh, situations because he was the real deal and he, he is the real deal. I, I always said to have a radio career, you, you needed to first work for years learning, learning, uh, who you are on the air, learning about yourself, learning the rules. And then you spend the rest of your career improving on that by forgetting the rules and right, forgetting right, about right, who right. you are. And just, right, or at uh, least those, yeah, at least some of those things just sort of morph naturally. Yeah. All right. Let's talk for just a minute. I don't want to, you know, we're already getting, uh, getting around a All half right. an hour or so. And I, um, I do want to talk about Great Lakes Media some more. And, uh, I read an article in which you were, cre- you were, uh, quoted, uh, saying, embrace technology. Don't blame it. And, uh, it's that, that, uh, I think it's, it's such a common thing. And as I said, I was a big, I was, I was part of that group of people going, Oh, well, we got to do this. Uh, now we got to do all of this clickbait stuff and we have to spend all of our time on, on, uh, the computer on the website. And, and you've got this vision apparently of, uh, of bringing together all the various mediums in, in a single market and utilizing mm-hmm. that as, uh, as, as one great organization to serve the community and of course the, the business itself explain that. Well, and I don't have any, um, really a pride of authorship or no, um, you know, no other intent, uh, to, to hide that, uh, for people in our industry, if that can be helpful to anyone, whether it's a competitor or it's somebody that's, uh, thinking about it or somebody that's interested in working, uh, in the, um, the industry, because I think, uh, you know, a, uh, a uh, incoming tide raises all ships. So I, I think of that, especially when so many of the ships are really big, <laughs> you know, you kind of have to count on them to, to rise as well. Or if you are in a, um, you know, you're maybe that B or C level of size of company that, uh, you know, you can be a victim of, you know, predatory pricing, really bad programming, uh, you know, all of the things that are, um, you know, common with uh, a desperate, uh, you know, desperate, more desperate type situation. So uh, from our end, um, I have a very strong belief that these brands are so wonderful. They're, you know, here you've created these brands that are, you know, in many cases, they're um, with music stations, they can be 50 years old and with uh, with news and talk stations, sometimes uh, 100 years old. And I don't mean in the negative way in the, well, that's really old sense. I'm just talking about the fact that these are ingrained brands in local markets. So 
I think it's a lot easier to start um, something with a uh, known local brand uh, that people are very familiar with than just saying, oh, hey, I'm going to go, um, uh, you know, create some kind of thing somewhere else and I'll call it Blop, and everybody's going to love Blop. Right? But when it comes to uh, you know local brands, people have uh, have uh, connections with them, and and but they don't use the media the way they once did either. So um, for everyone, uh, it's it's a multi platform experience. I mean, the first thing that uh, that I grab in the morning, and, and a lot of people do, is most people do, is they, they, they check their phone, right? So it's not always the same way as it once was. So in what ways can we create a, an experience that transcends all of these different ways of of of, uh, of, of using that brand and, 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 and partnering and knowing those people? Um, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, there are places that uh, you know we can invest more invest more in talent to become these brand ambassadors that uh, are, are are able to um, experience uh, with the audience uh, the moving audience uh, they move with them or they guide them around and they are the experts that kind of show them new things but they have to show them in different ways right and it, it can't just be all I do a uh, determine the two show on the radio. Um, and, 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 and oftentimes those aren't really truly destinations. People can be destinations. And if you, um, give them the tools to do it, but you also give them the support so that you don't have somebody who's a big brand ambassador, uh, you know, sitting over, you know, trying to figure out, okay, now I've got to put this thing on Facebook. I got to do that on Instagram. I got to, oh, that's right. I got to record this thing. Uh, I got to do the morning show and I've got a voice track. 15 markets saying absolutely nothing of any value. We have to fix that. Right? And it can be fixed um, and it should be fixed. But again, um, it starts with a vision. What is it that you're looking to do? And right now, a lot of it is we're looking to fill jobs to do tactical things. We got to fix that. Mm-hmm. Does TV work into all of that? Yeah, it, it can. Um, I think there are challenges and you know, having worked uh, places where there are, are TV and radio, um, I think that one of the things that's difficult that you can get around, um, but it's difficult in certain situations, you might have a network TV um, affiliate and you might have a local newscast. And then the rest of it is network programming. Um, so then the smaller space that you have in, on the TV side is going to be news content typically. Um, and so it might not always lend itself to all of the different formats. However, if you have people that specialize in different life groups and different brands, they can be part of, you know, to report and features on things that that particular target would want to do. And if you have brand ambassadors across a bunch of different targets, uh, those people can uh, bring their fans into into the mix but uh sometimes it's hard because you also have uh, an editorial issue for example if you're a talk station and you have talk show hosts on the radio side uh that uh might be opinionated um that tend that tends to be kryptonite for a news department on a tv side so um there are things that you you can get around um but if you're strategic about it and you're smart about it you do it the other thing is if you own an independent tv station you can do a lot of things I don't uh, foresee you retiring anytime soon. You. 
but I do see you driving around in the, uh, in the hinterlands. You're already in the, the, you know, the snowiest part of the United States. You live there and then you get out and, and, and you're, <laughs> you're taking lovely pictures in places many of us have never heard of. I expect you to pop up anytime now in the, uh, in, in the frozen tundra of Alberta. <laughs> Looking for a small town that you can deal right. with, you know. So, I, it sounds like you, you've got uh, wanderlust. I, I certainly have always had it in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really true, and a lot of it is because I'm curious. Um, and uh, you know, I, I put on jeans and I go into um, a community, and um, I just sit with down. Teardrop trailer, teardrop trailer, or just me. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, we'll go in, you sit down, you look at the places where people go. I mean, not, uh, you know, there's the obvious places that, uh, you know, that a market might have. I mean, you're not going to see me in a Dollar General in a small town, even though every small town seems to have one. But I will be at that cafe or a bar, for example, where people are just sitting around talking about things. And, you know, I'll take people with me to do that. But I find that the the most interesting times that I have are when I do that by myself, sure. because people will come up and they will talk to you about anything. Yeah. And, you know, you find yourself making friends along along the way, or maybe there's something that you can help them with, or they help you understand something, or you look at perspective, because we're all kind of products of our own environment. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, political issues, um, and I do the same thing in large cities, and um and and also very small uh, towns in rural america and i think people really want the same thing in a lot of ways in in their own ways but the way to get there is different so you have this tremendous amount of discourse in our country and, and the polarizing uh, viewpoints and how they are expressed and how the media leads it or how our politicians lead it. But the reality of it is um, that, uh, you know, we're really not all that different. It's just how we approach things and what works in our community uh, where it's a large community or a large city that might not work in a small community and vice versa, but we have a lot to learn from each other. And so that's, um, you know, really what drives it. And also the history. How did these places become big when they did what caused that and then what happened when some of them uh lost uh population and lost people and here's the other part of it that i find interesting and i i hope um i want to be part of it is the fact that a lot of people don't have to live where they live or where they've always lived or where they've always had to work they can live anywhere they're comfortable uh to do their jobs now a lot of people can do that so if you um, you know, we want to have, which, which I have a farm, um, but I, I live for many years in cities and I love that too, but you can do that. And um, in, in a lot of cases, so it's important to be able to understand people and, and, and how they think and why they think the way they do. And you'll find out that there's a whole lot more right than there is wrong. It's just how you, how you process it. What a great way to end this great opportunities. You know, there's more, there's more to life now, now than there ever has been for us, right? There really is. I mean, it is incredible the things, um, the technology that's out there. And I do think, um, and you made a good point. You started in on something I thought was was really important, is that we do have a lot of people within our industry um, <clears throat> who, or 
recently from it or whatever, who have been embittered, uh, you know, uh, greatly based on the fact that as time has passed, other things have, have, uh, you know, have, have arrived. But if you can create a great experience for somebody, I don't care if it's over, you know, four towers in a field or it's over this, um, you know, this setup, or um, in some cases, if you're able to supplement um, the things that you need to learn to talk uh, to a client about by pulling articles um, and getting information through AI, um, those are all good things. And some of them, by the way, electricity, people were afraid of electricity when you first had it because it was, uh, you know, you had elect- uh, DC and AC. And, um, you know, there was the issues of which is most dangerous. And um, it was really a uh, a tough thing for a lot of people. And things sometimes when they're new are, but if they're used properly and they're developed properly and whether it's uh, the technologies that we've had, um, the ones that go well are usually they go well because they're with the right intent. The ones that don't are the ones that are, uh, you know, sort of used for uh, maybe ill intent. And uh, I think that our technologies are wonderful. And if they can make it so that these little tasks and things can be handled and you can put money towards creative and smart people who are adventurous and learn things or, or maybe they're inform you know, they're, they're the person that informs you. Maybe they're the person that makes you laugh. Um, you know, maybe they specialize in a certain thing or they're, you know, they're really good, uh, you know, talking about sports, whatever it is that you invest in those people and you invest in the systems that allow those people to not have to be um, slinging hash in the back of the restaurant. Well, we've been talking a lot about people and about uh, creativity and about passion. Does AI worry you at all in terms of, you know, dampening all of that? Um, <clears throat> I think I think it, you have to take it with a grain of salt. I think, first of all, I think that the, you know, for people to demonize the actual um, uh, technology itself is is a mistake. I think that we have to be able to trust People, we, I'm not su- suggesting that we unilaterally trust people, but I think that we have to. People have to earn their trust in using it. Um, I think we are bit historically um, by what could have been, and 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 in many senses is probably a, you know is a is a decent technology was when um, when voice tracking uh, you know came in. But my gosh, that's 1996. I mean, that's a you know even before. That's a long time ago. The ability to do that was not the crime. The crime was committed not because with the, the technology wasn't the crime. It was how it's been used many cases so that you have a whole lot of people saying a whole lot of nothing over a whole lot of radio stations. And that's the, the issue. But it's not because we have the ability to voice track. It's the same thing with AI. If you use these things properly uh, and you have the right um, vision with them, they can be a big help. I'll tell you in the middle of the night, when a tornado comes through Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you can use AI tied to the national weather service to literally track minute by minute, a storm on a radio station that would otherwise be running some syndicated talk talk or, or some filler programming in the middle of the night. That's a big service. So you have to look at it and say, all right, well, in what ways can we use this technology to better our product? It's not 
in what ways can we fire a whole bunch of people because we now have employed this thing that's also going to it's not developed even to a point where we can really count on it to be something that can create a newscast that doesn't have to be checked over. So you um, uh, it, it comes and it and, and will. And I, I just I, this is a great time. But we also talk about radio and we always say, oh, geez, you know, and we do it ourselves, which is ridiculous, is that we mistake radio and the radio experience for a techno uh, a technological you know platform you know that goes back before the 1920s well okay you had four towers i don't listen to the four towers in the field <laughs> what i listen to and what everybody listens to is what the content that that is just happens to be technically delivered that way but I was uh, down in Pennsylvania yesterday and the Bills, geez, I wanted to see the Bills game so badly, but I had stuff to do in Pennsylvania. And so I was driving up and you know, I don't mean to plug Sirius XM, but I was listening to the Bills game on Sirius XM. Well, it's a radio broadcast. That's radio. I mean, radio, it, I don't care if it comes out of this coffee cup. It It's about the content, right? So we worry too much about, oh, geez, you know, and it's, and there's hobbyists, there's people like me that you, know, you see a tower go down and you're so upset about that because, you know, it's, uh, it's a bad thing. But, you know, we have to think, okay, so what was the content that they were providing that made it so unnecessary for them to, to broadcast from there anymore? Um, what was that? We don't think about that. We just think, oh, geez, you know, it's right. uh, it's all about connecting with people. Radio is fundamentally a local business. It really isn't that hard, but it it's 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 hard the way that we have it now. And radio being a fundamentally local business is also fundamentally a local multi-platform business. Think about newspapers. Think about newspapers and what they are now. And uh Everybody talks about the print thing and the print going away and well, you can't hold the paper anymore. And well, that's the way it is. Yeah. But has the content changed? And I would suggest in many cases that it is not as good as it once was um, because of the transition being very, very difficult so that you're not able to hire journalists. Um, but if you could find specialists in lots of things and, and use them in multi-platform ways and take the tactical pieces out away from these genius reporters and these wonderful talent on radio and these great TV talent. What a great world that would be in each of our communities. Absolutely. You, uh, you have, uh, you have restored my faith in the future of the media. I won't say the future of radio anymore because it's more mm-hmm. than that. And, right. uh, uh, you know, I'll ask you this though, you know, this is an interesting thing. Um, as I hear that and say the future of radio and, um, I wonder, I always wonder who created radio as, as being a bad word. Did we create that say that was a bad word? Are we embarrassed by that? I'm not embarrassed, but I'm proud of it. Yeah. When you talk to people, I mean, every once in a while I say, well, geez, I don't listen to the radio as much as anymore. Well, they don't listen because it's not, well, it's because radio, they listen because it's the content isn't, you know, compelling to them. Right. And so um, I don't think radio is a bad word. And I, I think it's a good word. So we try all to bend ourselves up into a pretzel shape to try to, um, you know, uh, have an apology, apologia, you know, ha- have that kind of an attitude about something that um, we can redefine as a great content experience, particularly, as I keep saying, on a local level. Um, and local doesn't mean that you have the voice tracker uh, from Cincinnati 
using the name Boston or, you know, Dedham Mass or whatever in their little voice track that they recorded in their mom's basement a week before. It's about having at least one or two people from each of these brands that goes into the community. They're visible. They're interested. They talk to people. They grab audio. They bring it back to somebody that can also produce an experience and create something that isn't available elsewhere because we don't have to be a utility. Um, and a lot of the you know people say, "Well, geez, I listen to Pandora or I, you know, uh, Spotify or you know, I listen to satellite radio." And that's great, you do. Um, but all right, then why would radio stations try to compete with that? What is it? It's it. Those are great utilities. Mm-hmm. That's it. Utilities. Um, radio. And I'm not suggesting that music and other parts of it aren't important. I'm just suggesting that radio has to be a local experience. So we focus a whole lot on, oh, geez, well, should we put this song here? And, you know, should we really run with a 375 song playlist? And what needs to go on the Power Golds and on the news stations? It's, uh, well, people really don't want to, you know, get the information about, uh um, they don't want you to to say that the time or they don't want to give you the weather or they don't want to talk about the sport event because, well, you can get that on your phone. And we've done that to ourselves. Right. I can tell you that if I'm sitting there with a car and I know everybody's like this, why would you talk to people if everything in life could come from this? Right. I mean, it's part of conversation. So it's OK to say what time it is. It is OK to talk about. Uh, the game. It is okay to say, hey, there's a traffic uh, accident on Route 94, Interstate 94 at exit 15. It's okay to say that, right? Yes, it's on your phone. But can you get people to look at life from eye level and from ear level? I believe that you can, because I think everything that people see, um, this is great. Okay, this is a terrific tool. But if this is eye level for you is this three and a half inch screen. And that's all it is to life. That's pretty sad. So yes, you can talk about those things. Yes, you should talk about those things. And the only people that are going to tell you not to talk about those things are radio people because they've been indoctrinated into not providing um, certain things because, well, you can get them on your phone. Okay. Well then what are you going to talk about? Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to read these liners and I'm going to back sell a song. Okay. Or I'm going to pot up that board uh, to run the syndicated program. Actually, I'm not going to pot it up because I don't need somebody to pot it up because the automation can do that. So I'm going to go work at Walmart because they'll pay me more money to do to work there than to push these buttons. So, you know, I've, I've, I've said a mouthful there. But I hope that some of it resonates with uh, with people in our industry, particularly those who um, really believe in it and can and should be leading the industry. Um, you know, even in my particular case, I, um, you know, I get frustrated uh, based on timing issues, for example. Um, uh, you know, from our uh, standpoint, um, you know, we have, um, you know, really worked hard uh you know, to put a capital stack together and um, these, uh, these, these places, uh, you know, that, that should be, you know, trying to figure out solutions are, um, you know, uh, continuing to hang on to these things. Or if you, you uh, are going to, you know, to buy them that, you know, you put a business uh, plan together, that's going to 
um, resonate and is actually going to do more than just say, hey, now we own it to write it down further. Um, you know, that you have to, you're, we're not going to lose money. We're not going to make a stupid deal, but we have to wait until the time is right in order to do that. So in the meantime, while I'm, um, you know, have that piece going and, and certainly very active there, I'm also working over here to uh, prove and, uh, you know, a, a proof of performance with, with, with people. And, you know, we have some really good, uh, really good stories to tell about uh, creating local um, experiences for people and seeing uh, stations do very well. Uh, the other point I would make uh, that has to do with um, how we are measured um, is very unfortunate uh, because we are measured in our top markets uh, by PPM. Um, which is certainly a, a good tool to to be able to pick up, uh, you know, what radio sort of is on in the background. But I have talked to so many people and work with so many stations where you might add an element or two to create um, arguably a more active experience and see the numbers dip slightly, which, oh, man. However... You don't have somebody saying, well, geez, your station is number one. It's really great. It's top 25 to 54. And I get no results. (laughs) So that's an issue. Right. And so we have to, you know, to be um, better at understanding the qualitative and the qualitative doesn't necessarily measure, you know, uh, just only one set of things. It also measures. Um, the level of engagement and, and success, because once, you know, the 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 ultimate goal of our uh, of of our business, obviously, is we're serving the community, but we're also um, serving the the advertiser and having um, great a- outcomes for our advertisers is of utmost importance. It's not about selling spots and dots that get no results. Well, yeah, the meters can uh, all they can do is uh, uh, they can record what what uh, what what's on what's 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 playing in the background that doesn't mean anybody's paying attention to it or that anybody's right. being influenced not at all by the way not at all a um, um a shot at uh, nielsen at all in any way shape or form what it is <clears throat> is an excuse uh, for broadcasters in a lot of cases to provide content um that plays against that right so it's like we always tried to fool um you know in the diary world we go okay we move the spot over here and we say we kind of give the time maybe a little bit wrong or we say it's coming up on this and all these little things that we would do to get another quarter hour i mean this is the ultimate in um creating experience that's just a, a utility experience because you can put that on leave it on for a long time But I'll guarantee you there are lots of radio stations um, that perform differently in uh, PPM, but they sell it properly and they actually um, connect with people on a, on a much better level. And measuring that has always been, has always been a little bit confounding. Uh, But I go, you know, I'm always, you know, talking with uh, advertisers and clients and, and, and I love the sales side. I just love that process. And I love to be able to go in and sit down with somebody and be oftentimes the first one that says, well, geez, you know, what are, what are you, you know, what are you trying to accomplish here? What are your challenges? Um, here's some things that I've read that, you know, I, I understand that you're, 
business is doing this or, or, or is, is concerned about that. Well, what if we tried to do a few different things? What if we tried to create this event? What if we, um, you know, created uh, some type of an experience for our fans or our listeners to experience your product and talk about it? Well, that doesn't happen because typically you, know, you say you, you, you buy points, right? You buy points from an agency. You know, we see the national, um, you know, advertising uh, dollar being controlled very heavily by one, you know, in one particular place. Um, it's uh, not always, uh, you know, sold uh, based on, um, you know, the engagement. It's it's based on, um, you know, spreading spreading things so that you can uh, achieve a certain uh, certain certain cost per point. Um, and that's a shame. And, and in local radio, when you see it in like more of the smaller markets. <clears throat> A good measure is, is 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 taking a look and seeing how people are uh, are, are being activated by people and, that they know and they trust and that they love and they know their and they want to follow, and so that's very different. We have to incorporate both. Thank you so much for your time. This has been great, really, really good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and I've always admired uh, your work and. Um, your versatility and just your passion for broadcasting and, you know, your experiences in, in, in a number of different places. And I think the one thing that I would leave you with as far as, you know, in your world, Dave, is that you've gone to different places and you've become the place. People will think, oh, yeah, Dave, well, Sacramento or Texas. People know that you are interested and adventurous and you connect and that's what the best broadcasters do. So I'm really honored to, to have a, uh, an opportunity uh, to talk with, uh, uh, with you as, as one of the best broadcasters. Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's the highest praise I could, I could expect from anybody. Well, one praise. of those places, one of those places was Chicago. I didn't get to stay long enough. I no, absolutely no, no. loved that city. Yeah, great place. It's just a, a terrific town and it's a, you know, sort of a, you know, because I, I go through it there all the time because I my, my I live in three places right now, <laughs> um, you know, based on uh, my work stuff and also, uh, you know, taking care of my dad. Um, and so my wife is, you know, is our Midwestern branch. And then there's me and then our, our kids in Chicago and Milwaukee. So um, but when you go through there and you, you you have a chance to see the town and you see how how things are are changed and and, and, and how many of the great things are, are still the same. Um, unfortunately, the the image of, of a lot of our great American cities is based on, um, you know, a, a live shot in a in a part of town. But I can tell you that uh, I've never lived in a place that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, loved them all and uh, love them all. And uh, and, in, in, you know, there's particular places that are really near and dear. St. Louis, for example, is just a, a place I just love. Um, and we were there, what, 13, 14 years, something like that. At, uh, and uh, our kids grew up there. So I think that that has a lot to do with the sure. people around and the people that we've met over the years in this country. And whether it's New York or it's Chicago or Pittsburgh, wherever it's ever been, have all been wonderful in, in very different ways. And many in the some ways, because I think we in the same ways, because I think we really all want the same thing. Yeah. I agree. It's wonderful. What a great way to start my day. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you, and have a have a have a terrific day and weekend uh, or week ahead. And 
Uh, we're doing this just before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you and, uh, and happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, for anybody that works in radio, um, I hope uh, that people take a time, <clears throat> take to, take time to think uh, of what ways they can connect with people. And now is a great time to connect with family and the more and friends and the, and the more that you do that, that's another experience that uh, you know that goes into that cachet in your brain and uh, and uh, helps you to to have content. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much. Sure thing. Okay, Dave. Take care. Bye.